0: thank you for traveling with amex platinum to your right you'll see oceanside relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property when booked through amex travel you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m late checkout that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex
1: warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical black buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco if you're an adult age 21 and older around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor,
2: full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash tirerack.com the way tire buying should be.
1: What is going on, my people? How we doing? I'm John Middlecoff This 3 and Out Podcast. Welcome back again. If you're a first-time listener, hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to e-meet you. As they say on the internet business streets. You know, when you, when you do business with someone, they're like, nice to e-meet you. Happens a lot in, in the podcasting world because you do a lot of advertising deals. You never even meet the people. You just e-meet them. It's a bizarre world we're living in, but it it is what it is. Uh, got some stuff going on. Some thoughts on, uh, you know, Phil Mickelson had a pretty historic weekend. I think there are some parallels, some things happening in football. There was a long article on ESPN.com about the transfer portal and just, you know, a bunch of coaches complaining about how college football is becoming the wild wild west. Some thoughts there. There's been some rumors about Matt Campbell, the Iowa State coach, and did he turn down basically sixty five, seventy million dollars from the Lions? Just kind of why college coaches in general, it's never going to be quite the same with them making the jump. And then Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers in Hawaii. We'll have a lot of takes, a lot of thoughts. Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up in there. I'm probably going to push this off until uh, Friday show. I'm going to go uh, take it off this weekend, Memorial Day. Happy early Memorial Day. Going to Scottsdale for the weekend. Going to play a little golf. So I might just do a heavy Middlecoff mailbag for the for the show later this week. Fire in your questions. We will just do a heavy, heavy mailbag on, uh, later this week. So do that if you can. Subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast, separate from Colin's feed. Leave a review. I know many of you have. I tip my hat. Greatly appreciate you. And, uh, and if you haven't, please leave a review. It helps with selling the show. Okay, this weekend, there was a historic moment. Phil Mickelson, at almost 51 years of age, won the PGA Championship. It was, uh, it, it was awesome. You know, if you're a golf fan, if you're just a sports fan, it was a historic moment. And it got me thinking. Whenever there's a, a major moment, I, I try to think, like, how could I relate this to football, to the show? And there were two things that really jumped out to me. And listen, if you go back and you just Google Phil Mickelson in like the 2000s and quote unquote his prime, he was pretty fat. He, he, he looks way different now. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. You have to go back to like the 90s when he was just a skinny. I've stood next to Phil. He's like six, two and a half. He's tall. But you know, in the mid 2000s and probably even right till about 2010, he got pretty big. He looked like a, you know, a former, like a baseball player that just puts on a bunch of weight. He didn't look good. When you go back and look at the pictures, when we were living in it, I didn't really notice. But now when you see his body, it looks dramatically different. And he's obviously one of the greatest players ever. So golf, unlike a lot of sports, you can do things at 50 that you can't do in other sports. Clearly. That still, he shattered a record for the oldest guy to ever win a major. And to me, two things this weekend jumped out to me in the tournament. That I think have some relation to the NFL and just pro sports in general. One, I think age, we have to look at age completely different. And obviously, Brady is somewhat at an outlier, still being an all pro level guy, Super Bowl champion in basically his mid 40s. Like, I don't necessarily expect that to happen. But one thing is clear with health and wellness and training. And I can speak for myself. As someone whose weight fluctuates, I can go anywhere from like 205 to 175. And it's basically, I have no problem working out. I've worked out for 25 years. Maybe not that. I actually didn't really work out in high school. When I got to college and stopped playing sports, I'm like, I need to work out. And it's become a routine. And I think it actually helps that, you know, I, I get pretty high stress, get some, you know, uh, it just, it helps me relax. It helps me to balance a little bit. I, I don't do it for big muscles or anything, but I I know the benefits of when I do it. I like to get a sweat every day. But you hear when you're younger, like, you know, the biggest thing with working out is actually diet is, is more important than you're working out. And when you're young, you're like, I can eat anything. And most of us speak for guys. I was a pretty dirty eater. And I still have stretches where I can be. But in 2021, I know what I'm getting into. I know what's healthy and what's not. Like my parents' generation, when they had lunch, burgers and milkshakes. Hell, you see some of these famous pictures from like the 70s in the NFL, Len Dawson smoking a cigarette with a Coca-Cola bottle next to him. Some of the uh, famous lines of Kenny the Snake Stabler saying, I read the play box by the light of the jukebox. Or I read my playbook by the light of the jukebox. He wasn't kidding. Now obviously people still go out and people still have a good time. But health and wellness, led by Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson has been a guy leading this wellness for coffee and has completely transcended his body in a sport where really Tiger Woods was really way ahead of the curve in working out. And we're not talking anymore. Like when I was a kid in like the early 90s, when you heard training camp or spring training, most guys went, I showed up to get into shape. I could show up fat and work myself into shape. That no longer happens. And guys now spend so much money on personal chefs, on personal trainers. But I think the food, the food is key. The other thing is, listen, I, I've smoked a few cigarettes in my day, never really my thing. That was something I was watching. Uh, It's called Rush, I think. It was on Netflix. It was about the F1. It's a it's a good movie. That, Liam Hemsworth is in it. It's about... In the 70s, F1, they had this one guy named Nicky Lauda who eventually became like a famous dude in F1 as like a, I think a boss. You F1 diehards, I'm probably butchering this. But he had a moment where his car burned and he burned himself. Liam Hendricks' character, I think his name's James Hunt, uh, you know, was also the big racer. He was like the Lewis Hamilton of the time. Maybe Lauda was. I mean, they were both elite drivers. And the number one sponsor back then was Marlboro. Like, that was Marlboro. When I was growing up, like, everyone had in their car, right, cigarette lighters, uh, places to put your ashtrays. Dude, Do cars even have ashtrays anymore? So now, guys, instead of eating burgers and shakes and smoking cigarettes, which it wasn't that long ago that this happened, 30, 40 years. Like, that. that these were people's diets. Hell, when I got hired in with the Eagles, we had Fast Food Friday. Now, it wasn't like McDonald's and Taco Bell. But it was like sushi, burgers, fried chicken. Like, it was just kind of got your grub on. And I remember talking to Coach Reed a couple years ago. He's like, yeah, we, had to, we don't do that in Kansas City. Because of the premium that's put on health. And I think, guys, we had a moment, right, in the late 90s, early 2000s, when steroids and people pushed the envelope on illegal stuff. I think now, guys, whether it's shakes, whether whatever they're putting in their body, they go above and beyond to not only research, but do it for health benefits. It's why when you see some of these pictures of like dudes from the 50s at, that are my age, like 36, and guys that are 36 now, we look a lot younger. Can you imagine how much younger guys are going to look in 30 years at 35 than they do now? We just progress with health and training and exercise and actually not over-exercising. Using rest to your benefit. Sleep is something we talk about all the time now. And when you look at the Brady's, but it's not just him. Like Aaron Rodgers just won an MVP at 37 years old. Doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. Some of these guys, right? When like Philip Rivers could have kept playing, he just retired. But he could have played till he was 40. Drew Brees just played till he was 40. But I'm not even talking just quarterbacks, because clearly that's one position that you're going to be able to play a lot, lot longer. I'm going to talk about position players, offensive linemen. Guys, obviously, you can have freak injuries that are out of your control, but if you factor in health, you're going to be able to play a lot longer. LeBron James famously like spends a couple million dollars a year on trainers, chefs, his just his body. And look at him, he's still going pretty strong 18 years in. That That, that would never have happened in the 90s. We just didn't have the information. And even if we did have the information, they weren't powerful enough and people weren't listening. Well, now there is no excuse. There is not a human being, whether you're around pro sports or whether you're just around normal life, that doesn't have a pretty good idea like, you know, I should probably mix in some salads. You know, I probably shouldn't eat as many sugars. You know, I should probably be a little lighter on the carbs. Like, us normal people have a good idea, let alone the people at the highest level of professional sports So I think we have to start looking, and we have kind of gradually, but Tom has been such an outlier. I think we are going to go on an era, and we're already in the middle of it, but it's only going to get more and more extreme where guys, even position players, are playing pretty consistently 34, 35, 36, 37. And quarterbacks, there might be a large percentage of them that play strongly into their 40s. You know, it's just, that's not going to be abnormal. Golf, you're going to see a lot of guys in golf. Like, Tiger's body just broke down because he lifted too hard. Because he trained too hard. Because he wouldn't listen to anyone about recovery. And and he just got too big. He became like a linebacker. Phil's kind of gone the opposite. He dropped like 30 pounds. He fasts. Listen, if you would have told me to fast five years ago, I would have laughed in your face. I don't eat breakfast anymore. It's not because I don't love breakfast. I love eating cinnamon rolls. But I know, like, for me, I feel healthier. I feel more energetic just when I don't eat breakfast. The other thing that really jumped out to me, and I have nothing but admiration for human beings that have a lot of money and they keep working hard, that have accomplished a lot and keep the pedal to the metal. Because I think a lot of people, naturally, are pretty ambitious. Now, different ages, some of our ambition goes, for whatever reason, maybe we get... Derails the wrong word, but we just we change course, right? We we get married, we have a family, things change in our life. But I, I think most people from in their youth, in their teens, even in their twenties, just have ambitious goals, and some people pursue those, and others just for whatever reason can't stay consistent with them. But I think the passion that we all have when we're young we all ideally would like to keep that forever, right? And a lot of people aren't necessarily lucky enough. And I hate saying that because in this, in this country, you get to choose what you, what you do. No one forces you to do anything. When I, ever I hear someone like, I don't really like what I do, but I can't leave because I'm making too much money. Well, that's a you problem. You're choosing that. You don't have to do that. And I listen, Like I've sacrificed quote unquote money early on in my career to follow passion, to follow what I wanted to do. And like anything, like there were times when you're doing something that it becomes work, it becomes tedious, it becomes hard. That's that's life. But when you're passionate, when you wake up every day, like I, I've always been a big believer, like my Mondays and Fridays and Sundays and Tuesdays, they all kind of blend together. I, I, I've i always, you know, and listen, I, I get it. Like I, I like the weekend too, but like, Thank God it's Friday. Like, that seems like your life's a little hollow if that's it. Now, I get it if you're, like, taking your kids to Disneyland or something. But if every week you're just working for the weekend or till the weekend, right, you just can't wait to get to Friday, it's probably, you know, might need a change. And I think the thing you saw with Phil Mickelson, who, like Tiger Woods, those guys have so much money. The way I described them both is the PGA Tour is full of, like, their top 30, 40 guys, all fly private they will never ever go to a commercial airline like me or you ever again. Phil and Tiger own their own jet. That's how rich they are. They they don't they they're not a part of net jets or I don't even know any other ones, but obviously rich people are in some of these circles with the private jet airlines and they pay for like uh the equivalent what would be a timeshare, right, in a jet. Those guys have their own. When Phil Mickelson plays at Pebble Beach, you know where he sleeps at night? He gets in his jet and he flies home to San Diego every night, Thursday through Sunday, and really shows up on Tuesday. He goes home every night, and if someone told me that you told me the story, who's in the kind of the mix in that area was like, "Yeah, it's like a 45-minute flight home. It's like you driving, you know, down to San Jose. What the hell is the difference?" I'm like, "Yeah, there is no difference." So Phil, money is zero issue to Phil, just like money is zero issue to Tom, just like money now to LeBron. They, they have unlimited money. Basically, in their life, everything is free. They can basically obtain anything they want to attain. Yet their passion and their drive to keep doing it, and really just the love of the sport, and you you see it when you watch them play. And I was thinking about like the best team in the NFL, and I'd say the best team in the last three years has been the Chiefs. One thing they have is like when you watch Mahomes, when you watch Kelsey, they just there's a lot of passion when they play. Listen, I, I'm supposed to hate the Dodgers. I'm a big Giants fan even though I don't really like Gabe Kapler. So in a weird way, I kind of root for them to lose. Though I like their GM, I'm, I'm kind of in a predicament with my uh, my baseball team. But I've really respected the last three or four years of the LA Dodgers. Because whenever I turn on the Dodgers, you know what always jumps off the screen? It's like, these guys like playing baseball, man. These guys like each other. Obviously, Phil, he, his, his former caddy Bones, who he spent a long time with now, works for CBS. His caddy these last four years has been his brother. That has to be pretty cool, pretty inspirational. You just get to work with your brother. Obviously, they're pretty close. There's something to be said when you're like close with your teammates, right? That's another thing it always feels like the Chiefs had. It's like, you know what? Their guys obviously just love football because they're good at it, but they really like playing with each other. That's one thing Tom's team's always had in New England. It always felt like these guys are just pretty close. Gronk, Edelman, McCourty, just their group, all the offensive linemen. It's like, these guys just like each other. When you like what you're doing and you're passionate about what you're doing, even if you're making, and listen, I can't relate. I've never made $30, $40 million a year. But clearly, in the, throughout the history of time, money's all relative. Guys in pro sports have been making a lot of money for a long period of time. The best guys continue to stay great, and they've always made a lot of money because most of the best guys are really passionate about what they do. And it enables you to keep working. I I watched some of Phil's press conference after he won the tournament. He's like, you know, this has not been easy. I I, I had to change my diet completely. I had to work harder than I ever have because I'm older. It takes me longer. I have to not eat as much. It sucks, but it's all worth it. Like, what does Tom always say? If you're going to beat me, you better be able to dedicate your life to this because that's what I've done. Maybe it becomes routine for Tom. Do you think it's fun for him to eat avocado ice cream? Do you know what's a lot better than avocado ice cream? Cookies and cream, <laughs> mint chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookie dough. I would rather eat that than cookies and cr- or than avocado ice cream. I would rather just have a cheeseburger than a salad. But the people that can discipline because of the passion that they have for the sport, like it's kind of changing the game. And the guys always separate themselves that way. And I I just think Phil Mickelson serves as kind of an example of who's really winning in all these other sports. The people that are taking their fitness the most seriously, the people that are taking their diets the most seriously. Now, you can get away with it as a younger athlete, especially in football, but a lot of guys now, teams, like, are getting older. Like, Travis Kelsey is no longer a 25-year-old. You don't think that guy puts in a lot of time? You you can't fake that. We we know Tom Brady, but you don't think, like, Rodgers is putting in a lot of time? Russell Wilson, we know, because he Instagrams everything. But it's it's not easy to do that. Like, it, it sucks eating healthy. I mean, it just does. Now, you've reaped the rewards, but it takes discipline. And I think it's easier to be disciplined with whatever you do when you're passionate about it. And it's like, when I look at the teams that I'm going to bet on this upcoming year, like, it's just like, I, it's, it's going to be hard to bet against Brady and the Chiefs. <laughs> like, those two teams, like, how are they not going to be in the mix? All their chips are in the middle of the table. We know they're all in. I mean, it's just like the passion's there. I mean, the focus is there. The desire's there. Tom, we know, is completely unfazed by winning. He can win a Super Bowl next year. He's trying to win it again. And the Chiefs have this motivation of like, we just got our ass kicked in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's first class problems, right? It's most of the people, most people listening right now, they would die to, for their team to have that issue. We would love for our team to lose in the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, I saw with the Niners, it sucked to lose, but it was, it was pretty incredible around these parts. You know, people were pretty excited. It's cool to have a winning team. So just incredible moment by Phil Mickelson. I, uh, I couldn't get enough of it.
0: Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere
2: Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this
1: product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bowl flavor, full pouches. I found myself doing a little reading today and an article from ESPN.com about the college football landscape. I, I think this also factors in college basketball, but the article was written from the view of college football coaches and the problem that is currently going on. I... I'm not sure I knew this. I thought last year with Corona that everyone got an extra year and that this season you were going to be allowed to transfer if you wanted to. You didn't have to be a graduate transfer. You could just leave and you would not have to sit out a year. Well, reading this article, it came to my attention. And if you're a big college fan, which I know we have a lot and people often hit me, middle cough, talk more college football. I love college football. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this. You're allowed to transfer now moving forward. What's in your career with zero penalty? And it has college coaches up in arms. They are freaking out. They are not happy. And a lot of shenanigans are going on. And David Shaw used the word, I like David Shaw. He used the word disgusting. Now, I don't think the Stanford program really falls under this this issue. But it's clearly in college football, and Mac Brown described it in this article, that you used to, after you beat a team, or you lose, you lose to a team, you walk across the field to shake your op- the, the opposing coach's hand. He said, now you find the guy on the other team that you want on your team, and you beeline right to him. So there's a lot of shady shit going on. Welcome to college athletics, right? College coaches have been leaving for years with zero repercussion. College programs have been paying guys a ton of cash for years. No one's really cared. And listen, I'm pro paying players cash. I have no issue with it. It's been happening before I was born. It still happened to this day. I'm all for it. But to act, and I I, I always laugh when college coaches kind of get on their moral high horse and act kind of like they're above it all. Like, we're, we're too good for this. Well, let's let's pump the brakes here. Here's just a simple reality of life. Things change. Things progress. Good or bad. But... Whatever business you're in, whether it's college football, whether it's an internet business, whether it's healthcare, things are always going to change. And the faster you adapt to it, the better you'll be. So if I'm a college coach, I'm not spending an unlimited amount of resources on trying to get guys from other programs, but I definitely have to embrace it. Now, there's a balance because... You don't get more spots, right? If you have 20 scholarships on a given year for your recruiting class, you would technically not give one to a high school kid and give one to a transfer. That's how it works with graduate transfers. You don't get extra scholarships for these type players. So there's 1,000 plus guys in the transfer portal, right? Here's the thing. Some programs eventually will draw a line in the sand. If you're a good enough player, they'll give you the leeway. They won't yake your scholarships. But a top program will go, if you go in the transfer portal, there might not be a seat coming back if you decide not to leave. And first and foremost, the way I look at it is starting with the coaches. It's hard for me to feel much sympathy for them. One, they've never made more money coaching in college football, which, again, I believe they deserve a lot of cash. Their program generates all the money for the entire athletic program. And if they're, if they're winning or successful, You don't even need to be Alabama if you're just a successful program. Oh, Wisconsin. I mean, Texas is successful. Not for what they want, but it wins. Obviously, Oklahoma, Oregon, Washington. You go around the country, right? You know, Michigan's furious. Like, they're still winning eight, nine games. Still generating a lot of money. Georgia, you name it. We know all the programs. Those coaches, my entire life and moving forward, always leave. And to act like that some shadiness is going on between coaches calling players when they're not supposed to, coaches using runners to get to players on other rosters. Because that was a big thing David Shaw said. That it is, and it is, it is slimy to talk to a player on while he's on another roster if he's not in the transfer portal. That is a slimy move. Just like in the NFL. They have strict rules about being able to talk to or even talk about players on other, other rosters. That does not mean it doesn't go down you would be naive to think it doesn't go down. And you would be naive to think before this rule was implemented that you could transfer without penalty that this hasn't taken place before. Also, some of it's out of your control. And they talked about this in the article. A lot of it is kids recruiting their friends. And the, and the flatter the country gets in terms of these camps, in terms of social media, in terms of if I'm a star player from California and you're a star player from Georgia, maybe we go on some recruiting visits when we're juniors in high school, We develop a relationship, and we become buddies. Back when I was a kid, if I became friends, if I grew up in Sacramento and I became friends with a kid from Dallas, how would I stay in touch with him in 1995? It would be impossible. we would be pen pals. Now, we just follow each other on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and we just can text nonstop. It's easy. Communication is really easy. So we develop a bond. And maybe one day we go to start it off at different schools, and then year two he goes, you know what, I don't really like it here. Now, I'd be the first to say you got to be very careful about thinking the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Because if you're a player at Boise or you're a player at Fresno State or you're a player at like UCF, you know, one of the good uh, non-Power 5 programs, and then the Power 5 programs start calling you, you have to ask yourself, am I for sure going to start there? Because this program didn't give me the light of day, didn't even, they wouldn't pick up my phone calls, two years ago and now they're changing like there is risk involved you get there here's the other thing college football and college sports and just sports in general are very volatile if you transfer to a school that coach unless it's like nick saban can't get fired at any moment if that coach is good he can go to the pros any moment things can change very very quickly But here's what I think the most important thing, if I was a coach, or if I was consulting with a coach, or I had a friend that was a head coach, I'd say, if he was freaking out about this, the number one thing I would focus on is to make your program be the most desirable place, whether you're at Clemson or whether you're at Iowa, whether you're at UCLA or whether you're at Fresno State, make your program once the scholarship, because you get 85 scholarships in division one, it's a lot of kids that this is a place that guys want to be. And it's hard, but one thing in this article, Luke Fickle talked about it. Pittman, the coach at Arkansas, talked about it. People are just freaked out about losing their starters. And this is, I mean, Tennessee just lost a starting linebacker at Alabama. So it just, it could be any level of program to another program, right? But... If you're not focused on making every kid in that program feel important, and again, there's a balance. You're not once you get to to the program, you're not kissing their ass. You're trying to make them better. You're pushing them. But a guy, a redshirt player, especially at a Power 5 program, was probably a pretty highly recruited guy. So he's not playing for the first time in his entire life, right? He's been a star player. Maybe he has some second thoughts. We're all human. We're all especially when we're young, we're going to think crazy thoughts. You have to be, for that guy, very, you have to think about that player and try to, uh, you know, grow the relationship and make it so this is where the guy wants to be. Because clearly, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, all the good programs do a really good job of that. I know Chris Peterson, when I used to scout at Boise State, did a really good job of that. Then he went to Washington, he does a really good job of that. Is this perfect? Is this ideal? Of course not. If I was a college coach, would this be a pain in their ass? Yes. Because any player at any moment can transfer. But those are the rules now. And listen, I don't like a lot of rules. I don't like a lot of laws, right? I don't like paying taxes. But certain things in your life you just got to do. I've heard enough stories now people older than me that sold something and they've tried to circumvent. Like, I don't, you know, I just sold this for X number. I don't want to pay 25% in taxes. I'm going to try to avoid it. Eventually, you're going to have to pay it. So the easiest thing is just to embrace it, do it, and move on. This is part of the world in college football. Guys are going to transfer. But if you make your program the best possible program, win as much as possible, put all your emphasis into like, this is where you should want to play, develop guys, and coach them up and make them feel not only wanted, but most kids worth their salt want to be pushed and and get better, then it's not going to be that big of a problem. Are you going to lose, if you're not the biggest program, a star player, occasionally to a Power 5 program? Probably yes. (laughs) That's just it's the way the cookie crumbles. No different than if you were a coach, you know, at UCF and LSU calls, what are you going to do? You'd leave too! Like, what what happens if the Dallas Cowboys call? You'd leave too! So I, I can't even blame some of these players for going. Now, that doesn't mean always just because you pull the trigger and go. It's the right decision to be made. But, like, things change. You know, back when I, I remember growing up, Nebraska was a huge powerhouse. Back then they got like unlimited scholarships and they could like stack their team. And then things changed. Recruiting became, you know, much more, much more balanced across the country. And they've become kind of irrelevant for 20 years, right? So you either adapt with the times or you get passed, you get lapped. And I think the coaches that do the best job adapting to these transfer rules, which I don't blame them for hating them, but you, you just kind of roll with the punches. will have the most success.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save
2: Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine
1: is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids... The first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's get to the NFL stories of Monday. And there were three things that really stood out to me. I want to start with a story I kind of saw this weekend, but I read something about it this morning. Albert Breer wrote about it. And he disputed the claim that the Detroit Lions had offered the head coach of Iowa State Matt Campbell who m- m- the scouting buddies I know that have gone through the program really really like him impressive guy he wears that hat you know it's he he folds it pretty strong he's a football guy the lions offered him 68 million dollars Now, I don't know if that's true or not. They offered him that much money. But I think when you factor in that he's been in the mix the last couple years to get a head coaching job in the pros, he kind of feels like Chip Kelly seven or eight years ago, Matt Rule a couple years ago, like Lincoln Riley keeps saying no. He's kind of that guy. If he wanted a job in the NFL, let's say next year, he would become a head coach in the NFL. I'm I'm like 100% sure of that. If he wanted to be a head coach this year, he would have gotten a job. Now, Breer wrote that he didn't think that the formal offer was made, despite Spielman. I get there's there's Rick and there's Chris. One guy runs the Vikings, great hair, uh, good GM. Uh, he's a really good GM, the Vikings GM. And then his brother, football player, played for the Lions, Ohio State guy, been on Fox forever. Now doesn't run the Lions, but he's like above the GM. He answers the owner. He's a powerful guy. And here's what the thing with college football. And we just talked about clearly the transfer rules. There's a pain in the ass dealing with 18, 19, 20 year olds. It's it's not fun when you factor in also recruiting, which is year round. Now I know Urban Meyer talked about it when he got the Jag job. It can wear you out. I read a long article, uh, Chris Peterson. The former Washington coach and Boise State coach I'd mentioned earlier. Fantastic Q&A with Bruce Feldman of The Athletic. He's just an interesting guy. But one of the things that wore him down was the recruiting. Talking to 14, 15-year-old, that sucks. It's the one thing when I got to the pros from college football, it's like, I'm so tired of dealing with high school kids. (laughs) Like I want to deal with someone, and I think this is why most people aspire to get the NFL. I pay you to do a service. You can either block the guy or we'll cut you. You know, just like if I can't coach, I'll get fired. It's it's very black and white. It's just, it's very, it's just pure business. Where in college, you can't technically take their scholarship if they're academically, you know, uh functional, right? If they're if they're not failing out of school, there's nothing really you can do. You can't cut them because they just suck at football. It gets very complicated, right? And you're constantly recruiting against other people, 15-year-old guys, you don't even know if they can play yet. But the one thing college football has really done, and the Power 5 conferences, especially the Big 10, the Big 12, and the SEC, and I guess you factor in the ACC too, mainly Clemson, but they pay, and they pay a lot. I think a reason, if you just look back in history, the main reason a lot of college coaches jumped to the pros wasn't because they didn't like coaching college. I'd imagine like the 80s in college, if you had a program like the U, Florida State, Alabama, USC, whatever, even the 90s, it's a great job, right? The, the recruiting was much easier, but the reason you left was always money because they paid way more. Well, why did the Carolina Panthers last year have to pay Matt Rule so much money? The media freak, I can't believe they gave him $65 million. You can't. Baylor was paying him eight. Baylor was paying him eight. So part of the reason Lincoln Riley, who arguably has... The best job in America, because they don't fire coaches, right? Part of the reason Alabama's a great job is because of Saban. Like, they were running through coaches before he showed up. Oklahoma's going to be like the Steelers of college. Like, they're going to have two coaches for like 40 years. They also pay a premium. You make seven, eight, nine million dollars. I know people who've seen pictures of Lincoln Riley's house in, uh, in Norman, Oklahoma. Here it's pretty badass. You're living like a king. So if I'm making seven, eight, nine million dollars in college, that's what the pros pay, right? It's not like I'm Belichick or Andy Reid or Sean Payton. I'm I'm not getting 12, 13 million dollars. Dabble makes eight or nine million dollars. Jim Harbaugh, I think he took a pay cut, was making huge cash. Ryan Day makes a lot of money. Sark makes a lot of money. All these programs have large budgets too to hire coaches. So that used to be their biggest point of difference the NFL had. And I don't know whether the Lions hired them or not. I, I do think when you follow, if you followed Matt Campbell's career, they ultimately hired Dan Campbell, so they were they were in on the Campbells. It was clear what they were looking for. They wanted an old school tough guy football guy. They didn't want this academic elitist in Patricia, who was a joke. I mean that was one him and Quinn, the GM that was about as embarrassing of like a three year run as you get in the pros. That was really bad, right for peop- for people that had a lot of hype. Like when Freddie Kitchens was hired, we knew it was kind of a joke, right? Like when Pat Shermer was hired with the Giants, it's like, yeah, we've watched Pat Shermer be a head coach. This is not going to work. Part of Patricia was like, God, he's like this smart version Belichick guy. This guy's a genius. And it was an embarrassment. So they clearly pivoted the other way. But when a guy at Iowa State, and this shows you the money in college football for the coaches is so great, they stay. It's one thing to like it is understandable for Lincoln Riley to stay at Oklahoma. He can look himself in the mirror, and I know it hasn't happened yet, but he can convince himself, I can win a national championship here. I can become a legend here. Matt Campbell, that's not true. I can become a really big deal in the town, which he is. We can have a really solid program, which we are. But my ceiling's capped. Anyone at Iowa State, historically, would not only never turn down a pro job, that guy would have gone to Texas, he would have gone to LSU, he would have he been gone three years ago. But the money now, the power five, the Big 12's making so much money, they can afford to pay a guy six, seven, eight million dollars living like a king and winning. He doesn't have to leave. So $68 million, I, I think a, a lot of people I saw the reaction on social media, people thought that was insane. It's just based on what you're making. David Tepper just didn't want to quote unquote overpay Matt Rule because he liked the guy. Because his that was his going rate. That's what it cost to get him to come. He had a job that paid a lot. Another story today, Julio Jones, Shannon Sharp called him from his television show with Skip Bayless. And the reaction on social media was like, I can't believe he hoodwinked Julio Jones. He didn't tell him he was on live TV. Guys, if we didn't learn one thing from the draft and one thing going on now, agents, teams, and players utilize the media. They use them to do their bidding. One, if you've seen the clip, I I know Julio kind of played dumb and didn't know what was going on. I think he was in on it. I think it was an orchestrated thing to leak out that I'm gone. Whether he wants out, there were reports today that he had been pushing for a trade for a couple months, whatever. He just wants this finished. He wants to be traded. So like the, the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons have been dipping their toes in on this, like, hurry up and pull the trigger. Get something done. And I think Julio slash his agent today, you, Shannon Sharp, knowing it would go viral, to hopefully push the envelope here, to get the ball rolling, to get him onto another team. You'd have to be naive to think that Shannon Sharp, a former Hall of Fame player, randomly would do that to a guy. They were working together. That's the way this thing works. (laughs) I mean, that's the way television is. It's an entertainment product. This isn't... Journalism died a long time ago <laughs> when it comes to television. You could argue it's dead, too, with other publications, but definitely with television. This is entertainment. They know what they're doing. Julio wants out. The Falcons want to move him. Let's just make a trade. What are we waiting for? To me, the teams that should be all over it, the Packers should be the number one team. We'll get into Aaron Rodgers here in a second. I, I would have traded for Julio Jones a week ago. Middlecuff, what about the salary cap? I'll cut some guys. We'll let's make some room. Let's figure it out. Salary cap is a fictional... uh number we that can be moved at any moment it is very very fluid the number could be 180 one day you get it down to 150 in a blink of an eye you can restructure a contract you can cut a guy boom you got 25 million dollars we see it every year we see it all the time so when you tell me we don't have any money that's bullshit give two guys pink slips i'll clear 15 million dollars pretty easily uh The other, and the Colts, I think, should be all over him. I'm telling you, the Rams will not hesitate. The Seattles always sniffs around on this stuff. I think because those two teams are in, and Kyle's connection to them, I would imagine the Niners are sniffing around. He is going to end up on a good team. Michael Hawley reported this weekend that the Patriots, that he's interested in playing with Cam, the Patriots are interested. This guy's going to get traded in the next couple weeks. Uh, And clearly, Julio wants it to be sooner than later. He's tired of, and I don't blame him. Like, stop talking about me. I'm the best player. Like, I got news for you. Check out the the great players in the history of the Falcons. Me and Guy talked about it. We we put up a video on our YouTube page. Check out our YouTube page. I also put all this stuff on YouTube, too. John Middlecoff. Uh, that The Falcons Hall of Fame list of great players. Julio Jones is the best player in the history of their franchise. Because Matt Ryan is not going to go to the Hall of Fame. Julio Jones is. They've never had a Hall of Famer start to finish on their franchise. Now, Julio is going to end up playing somewhere else. But, like, guys they recognize are like Brett Favre. It's like, guys, Brett Favre played for your team for a year as a backup, and then you traded him. You, you don't get to claim him. Even Dion, When I think Dion, I think of the Niners and the Cowboys, not the Dirty Birds. Morton Anderson played a lot of years for a lot of other teams. Chris Dolman, they, 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 they recognize him. It's like, Chris Dolman's a Viking. Aaron Rodgers. No show today for quote-unquote, I mean, it's voluntary. Not mandatory, it's voluntary, but he's in Hawaii, hanging out, chilling, doing some, uh, I saw a video that went viral of him singing karaoke, just living his good life. MVP in the league, worth a couple hundred million dollars, life is good. He was outspoken two years ago or last year, he doesn't want to do OTAs, don't blame him. The hell, OTAs for Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't need them. So I don't think it's that big a deal. Now, I don't really know what the end game is here. Because it does not behoove the Packers to trade Aaron Rodgers. Because it does not behoove Gudekins and LaFleur to trade their meal ticket for a risk of Jordan Love, who we have no clue is any good. Even they, if they were we were drinking beers and all of us listening and we got to talk to them, they would say, we honestly don't know. We had we had no offseason last year. Then once we got to training camp, we had to focus on the season. He wasn't even our backup quarterback. He needs a lot of work. I don't see how they could say anything else. He was a very talented player coming out of the draft. He had great physical attributes, yeah. But as a player, we've never even seen him in a preseason game, let alone an NFL game. I don't even think the guy dresses for the games last year. So you could not trade one of the greatest players in the history of the league for a complete unknown. That would be insanity. And I also don't think, even if the Raiders were like, hey, we'll give you three first, a second, and Derek Carr. I even think that's a pretty big risk. Like, you're just going to trade Aaron Rodgers? To me, you are not trading him until training camp and he just refuses to show for weeks on end and it creates a huge stink. I am getting into a staring contest if I'm the Packers brass. And the staring contest doesn't truly start till training camp. Now, he he would get fined, I think, $50,000 if he misses the mandatory minicamp. Which, 50 grand to Aaron Rodgers, probably like $5 to me or you. So not that big a deal. Now, what I've read about training camp is however it falls under the CBA, given how many years he's been in the league, you know, normally for these younger guys that hold out, they want contract extensions, right? The Michael Thomases, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, those type players, you get fined every day you're not in camp, but they're able to refund you that money when they extend you. From what I've read on Aaron Rodgers, that is not the case. So every day he misses when training camps start, they will not be able to refund that money. So I think the number one date for Aaron Rodgers, for this to like, is this a real deal, or was he just kind of in a bad mood and wanted to mess with them and threw some jabs, is training camp, which is a couple months away. Because I, I have a hard time, unless they got some historically great offer, of them trading Aaron Rodgers before he really forces their hand. And even then, like, I, I'm not saying it makes him look at the, like the bad guy, but it does, you know, perception with the fans would, you, you'd get a little more understanding. Right now, if you trade him, you lose. You lose public perception. You lose on the field. At least in training camp, if he hasn't shown up for three weeks, you can go, what the hell are we supposed to do? We're just, we're just gonna play. Like, Jordan Love's not ready. He's not showing up. We're just gonna make a move. At least then you would have Evidence is the wrong word, but you would just have some substance behind doing something that's going to be unpopular. I, I I go back and forth because I thought Russell Wilson was going to get traded, right? I, I thought, God, you know, he's just, he's talking a lot. They just truly kind of are, are tired of each other. I was reading Pete Carroll today. He's like, yeah, we just water into the bridge. We're good to go. Like we've just met in the middle. We helped him out. We got an offensive coordinator. We got him some offensive linemen. We're going to be a lot better. He's good now. It is what it is. I'm like, damn, that changed fast. Now, the difference with Seattle than Green Bay, and I've always said this about Russell, is like, they've done a pretty good job of, I don't know, always winning one. And two, even though it hasn't always worked, they always take big swings. The Packers never do. Like, the biggest free agent signing they've had, I guess one of the Smith brothers, really good, Zedarius, and Charles Woodson. So, two guys in his tenure there. And I think Charles Maybe came a year before he started, but the, my my point is they, they don't always, like every other year, make big trades. That's not really their style. Go trade for Julio Jones, and then you have Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and a great offensive line, and just a great offensive scheme, and go, Aaron, you're not going to show up? You, you want to go to the fucking Denver Broncos? You, you, you'd rather go to the Denver Broncos than play with Devontae, Julio, and Aaron Jones? I mean, are you serious? You, you watch how fast the fans turn on him then. Hey, we got you, Hulu. You want to go to the Raiders? You want to go with John Gruden? The guy hasn't won a meaningful game since uh, since uh like George W. Bush was in office. That's that's what you want? That's that's the hill you're going to die on, buddy? That's what I would do. So I would force his hand with a move. Because then, the, like most of us would be like, what is Aaron doing? He's leaving the Packers for who? Or he wants to go where? I wouldn't want to live in Green Bay either. But he's lived there for 15 years. Actually more, right? I guess he got drafted in 05, yeah, 15, 16 years. I understand. I would rather live in Denver. I'd rather live in Vegas. I'd rather live in LA. Most people listening probably would as well. But this is just, it's a unique profession. It's a profession he chose. (laughs) And his team's good. I would get if they sucked, it would be like, that's miserable. I understand why NBA players in small markets want to go to bigger markets. It's like, our team's not good. I don't want to be in this little market. I can make way more money there and we can win. I I get it. I understand why guys want to play for the Dodgers or the Yankees. It makes sense. Like, playing in Tampa, no one shows up. And and we can win in Tampa. Right? Or same with the A's. It's like, we play in front of empty stadiums. I, I get it. And you get paid way more money. He gets paid a premium. And they consistently win. So, I, I, I've been saying this over and over. I'm going to keep beating this drum. If I'm the Green Bay Packers, I trade for Julio Jones. And I just, I kind of put the, put the pressure in Aaron's court. Okay. Three and out. Obviously, that's the podcast. You're listening. But Middlecoff mailbag, slide up in those DMs. I'm gonna do a big, big mailbag at the end of this week. Big, big mailbag, and you find all the stuff on YouTube under my name, John Middlecoff. And uh, have a great week. Adios, Godspeed, and uh, and yeah, peace. <laughs>